this theory is where we are igniting you to transform humanity. Transform humanity. Transform to transform humanity. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Change Element Podcast Show. This is Tim Bartlett uh, once again with you. And uh, this is Element 15, Episode 15, and Part 2 of our interview with Adrian Kaler, coach and co-founder of Novus Global. Uh, And as I mentioned before, this is an interview that we had actually conducted uh, many, many months ago, uh, but really wanted to share with our Change Element audience because there's so much great insight, so much wisdom uh, that we have taken from this and we know that our audience can take from this as well. Now just as a quick reminder, the first half of this interview, which we entitled The Entrepreneur's Dilemma, which is element number 14, can be found on iTunes. So if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that first before you listen to this. It's a great sort of uh, setup for this second half of this interview. Uh, You can also go to thechangeelement.com and click on the link for podcast to see uh, that that earlier episode there. Today we're going to talk about some great stuff, including how to manage uh, and overcome maybe the negativity that we have experienced in our lives and how to leverage those positive voices, those positive people as well. Um, And and so Adrian talks to to us about how he's done that successfully in his life. And then we get into really like what's most crucial uh, for getting something going, starting something new, or to finally start seeing movement on those things that you want to achieve. So Enjoy this 15th episode that we call Getting Clear with Adrian Kaler. It's really good, man. Really good. So I want to talk a little bit about the people in your life. Um, We, you know, all have different people in our lives who are speaking encouragement and maybe even discouragement. But most of us have had, you know, naysayers at some point in our journey so what have you done with any of that negativity that you've experienced along the way? Uh, any of those those negative voices, you know, telling you that what you were going to do wasn't going to work or that it was a bad idea. Uh, what have you done to manage that? How have you worked through that in your life? Yeah, that's a good question. I should have you come over every day and just ask me questions. Helps me think about things. Um, let's see. I mean, my first response to that was I just don't give those people a bunch of airtime. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not that interested in entertaining uh, the beliefs of that other people might have about my life. If they're, I mean, I, I, I love a good challenge, but it's very different than a critique, mm-hmm. right? So if I believe somebody's in my corner, like Team Adrian, they want me to really win. And hey, I think you're blowing it like this. Or hey, I think this is a bad idea. And if I sense that it's from a place where they they want a really great future for me, then I got ears from all day. And that I surround myself with friends that'll do that. Um, I have a coach. It's like I am a coach and I have one. That was a big shift for me. Once I got started, I just realized I just needed to be smoking what I was selling, first thing. But second thing is, I mean, that's the essence of what a great coach does is they're in your corner, but they don't make you feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, from a naysayer standpoint, I just didn't give them a lot of airtime. I mean, if it was a, if it was a close friend, I'd want to hear it. 
Um, but in this career in particular, when I made this, this shift, there was a lots of people saying, Oh, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. You should totally be doing that. It's good. Just because it was consistent with how they'd seen me come alive and what I do naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I had to go pursue great mentors. Like I've never had, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I've had some people reach out to me and want to be an influence in my life, which I've been grateful for. But for the most part, I've just, I've. I've chosen to go after folks mm-hmm. and get in close proximity. That was essentially why I moved out to LA because I wanted to get proximity to what Erwin was up to. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever I, we were running the foundation, I hired this guy to come in that had been doing this for 30 years. And I went to all of his, read all of his stuff and went to all of his workshops because I wanted to be around him and then hired him so I could be around him more <laughs> and I could learn from him. And now he is still my coach mm-hmm. um, and he's been doing it for a really long time and he's in my corner. Um, but I had to go pursue, um, I had to go pursue that. I'm not, I mean, loneliness, I think is just a a natural form of life. Like I think we all experience loneliness, especially people that have been leaders. Like there's a whole like cliche, like it's lonely at the top. Yeah. Which might or might not be true. I mean, that's kind of this circumstantial thing. Like if I'm at the top, I have to be lonely. Like that's like some kind of formula, which I think is just kind of leaders martyr. Uh, language, right? Like, oh, it's like, you know, I used to do that, right? As a pastor, I was the best martyr around, man. <laughs> right. I have so many needs around me and I just don't have time to take care of myself. What? Oh, crack a horse stuff. Beep. Because, uh, um, you know, so I think, but the feeling of being alone, this is all connecting to your question, I promise. The feeling of being alone, I think, is baked in like it's necessary. Kind of like there's suffering is necessary to have a good mm-hmm. life. Right. But isolation, though, is a choice. Mm. Right. So um, like how I isolate myself is a choice. Like feeling feel lonely is a feeling that just occurs. But, you know, isolation is a series of decisions. So, oh, good. Like you know, what I'm saying so to your question, like I've I know I've consistently pursued having people that really inspire me around me yeah. um, that I can learn from and ask questions of and open myself up to and ask, get feedback from them, raw feedback, um, to get what they think. I mean, and I do that with my coaching clients all the time. I want to hear what they think about me and what they think about how I'm showing up. And am I really making a difference? Um, because I want to just be connected to the real world and like what my impact is versus what this, what my, what my brain says, what my intentions are. So, but having somebody that's been down the road a while from a co- from a mentor, as you said, or from a coaching standpoint is a really helpful thing just because people that live life well can have a lot of really great perspective on because, you know, our current crisis isn't usually anybody else's current crisis. Mm. Right. But we make up a bunch of stuff about how hard this thing is. And so to have somebody on the outside that really believes in you and says, yeah, you can be fine. Yeah. Just take a breath. This Next week, you'll forget about this thing that feels like a big deal on a Wednesday. Um so, yeah, just try to give back to your question. Just try to, uh, you know, create intentional time for me to sit down with people that inspire me um, and go after it and do whatever. I mean, whenever I first came to town, I went to Irwin saying, can I give you rides to the airport? You know, I just want to, well, however I can get airtime with you, I'll do it. Right? You know, are you going down to San Diego for this conference thing? Can I just be in the back seat listening to what you, as him and another leader at Mosaic were going down? Can I just come sit in the back seat and just listen? I won't talk, I promise. And he said, yeah. And, um, cause I just wanted to pay attention to how 
they were processing their big decisions. Even though I wasn't making their decisions, I won't ever be making the types of decisions that leader, or in this case, Erwin was making. But I wanted to get how he got about his world and how he saw things. Um, so, so you mentioned how, for the most part, you had to seek that out, though. Oh, yeah. So did, did that come naturally to you? Was that something you naturally valued, or is that something you had to train yourself to do? It's a good question. I think it's something that I learned over time. Um, as I reflect back on my youth, um, I didn't have a lot of those mentors. You know, a lot of good people around me, but nobody that I was willing to open up to. Yeah. I spent a lot of my time in my youth wishing people could get me, wishing people could understand me, wishing they would, you know, know the right question to ask. But in reality, I didn't want to be vulnerable enough to go ask them. Mm. Um, over time, I've realized that, you know, people, you know, get what they go, what they pursue. That's good. My work is all about vision, right? All about the future and what you're creating. And usually the first conversation with most of my clients is for them to own the fact that their vision has been not to have one, that their vision has been to be confused because they don't get that that's a choice. Mm-hmm. Like, like kind of like a non-decision is a decision. Heard that before. Yeah. Same thing. Like your, your vision can be not to have one or like waiting for the economy to shift or waiting for the stars to align or waiting for fill in the blank like waiting anytime you're waiting it just you, you know that you're not running your life like that you're letting something else run your life not that waiting can't be a really great choice but let's just uh, own it as like oh like I could be waiting for a strategic moment or I could be waiting because I'm scared now if it's because you're scared great insight uh, if you're waiting from a strategic standpoint that could be really wise so we just got to own that stuff and I realized I'd spent a lot of my time really fast and furious most of my uh, just being very, very, very busy with quotes um, instead of really being like pursuing like intentional mm-hmm. living and mm-hmm. like being willing to say no to some really good things. So I could say yes to the really great things like that whole concept. Um, and a mentor uh, can help give that perspective to things. So I've I've pursued it mostly because I need it. Um, I pursue it now just out of integrity with my coaching work. Like it's really good for me to pay the money for a coach and to feel the burn of that. And then I show up really powerfully with my coach in a way that I want my guys to show up with me. Like I'm going to make something of this hour together. And that guy, my coach's guy, that guy isn't responsible for me getting any results. I'm responsible for creating results in the context of this relationship, you know, so that proactive stance. So if you're waiting for a mentor, you know, keep on waiting, I guess, if you want. Or just go pursue somebody. Anybody you respect. Doesn't have to even be in your industry. Just go find somebody that, that's living life the way you want to live your life. Um, and you can learn so much from them. And it doesn't have to be a, you're not getting married to the person. So just go take them. Can I take you to coffee? You know, can we just sit down and talk? And if it works, keep doing it. If it doesn't work, great. Find a nice guy. Um, so... That's really good. Hey, so I was wondering if you could summarize for us maybe some of the the larger themes that you see in people's lives that impede them from finding success or even from pursuing that thing that they're passionate about. Um, and, and I know that it's different with every person and, and there's uniqueness there, but if you could provide that just thematically, if you could kind of summarize for us. You know, what are those things that you tend to see that, that really sort of hold people back the most? Um, I, first and foremost, even for myself, um, 
like really like the distinction between um, choosing to be clear or choosing not to be clear. You know, choosing just to take um, being an honest conversation with myself. I think usually that's where people that's where we're starting off but on the wrong foot mm-hmm. like really just owning it i just call it owning current reality mm-hmm. like just being the guy that's just gonna say yes this is how things are right now like we people spend so much time we all do spend so much time justifying the bad results in our lives and oh i if this was different than i could if she was then i would if the economy then it whatever if i didn't if i wasn't such a procrastinator i would start this whatever all these things and essentially it's just it illuminates this relationship we have to honesty mm-hmm. that we'd just rather not be honest with ourselves because it protects us from the harshness quote unquote of current reality instead of realizing that as soon as we own all the results we have in our lives right now as if we created them and i say we did Right. People don't want to hear that. But I say your life is perfect. And they laugh like that or they fight back. And I say your life is perfect. And they'll squirm a little bit. And I'll say I, and by perfect, I mean in perfect alignment with the way the world's occurring to you. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the way, what's going on between the ears. Let me zoom out for a second. There's a there's a really great book out there that everybody should read called Three Laws of Performance. In it, they lay out three of these main ideas, um, and I'll just briefly touch on them just to save us time. So the first idea is people react to the world the way the world occurs to them. And we're just saying that like what, how you view reality is your view of reality. And we call that life. Like my, my filter by which I see the world is life to me. Might be, you know, you and I are in this conversation right now. We're both having very different experiences of this conversation. And we actually call that the conversation. Okay. Right. You're, you're going to count on how this went and all that stuff. And you're going to say, oh, this is what this is the way it was. And I'm going to count for how it went. And this is the way that it was. And I think I'm right about it. And you think you're right about it because that's the way the world works. It's where our brain works. So we live in response to our occurrence or the filter by which we see the world. Most of us aren't aware of that. We just think that the way we see things is the way things are, which I just call the big distinction between what's real and what's true. Mm-hmm. Most of us don't really care about what's true. We just actually live by what's real to us. So. To your question, you know, first thing is people are usually pretty committed to things sucking (laughs) just based on results, right? Like how long I've been wanting to start this business for eight years. And I would say you've not wanted to start this business for eight years. If you want to start the business, you would have started eight years ago. You've been wanting to be in launch mode for eight years. That's it. And what are the payoffs to want to almost starting a business? What? There are no payoffs to almost starting a business. I'm up all night, overnight. My wife, you know, forgot my name. I'm like, no, I mean, you've been doing it for eight years. So let's slow down for a second and entertain the idea that maybe you like almost launching something instead of actually launching something. Because what do you, oh, I get to tell this great story about I'm doing it at, at, at cocktail parties and I get to feel really important. I get to spend all this time researching instead of doing, you know, there's lots of payoffs to almost doing something. Get to, you know, tell, get to feel really important. So, I mean, that's a big thing is like people not being willing to objectively step outside of their experience and account for what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why we feel stuck, right? Like we, people use it. I've been stuck doing this. Well, you haven't been stuck. You've been doing what you say you don't want to do for a long time and haven't been willing to own up to the payoffs for that reality that you've been creating. Mm -hmm. Uh, Most people don't reach out for help. Mm-hmm. You know, even people I work with, like uh, there's usually at some point in the beginning, like this kind of air of 
Um, if I'm asking for help, that means something's wrong with me, right. right? We get this very therapeutic view of the world. Like we only go to a counselor for life's falling apart. Um, and so what's wrong with me if I need somebody to talk to? And that's the way losers think. I mean, I don't mean that like condescendingly. Sure. I mean the opposite. I mean like every high performance athlete in the world has a coach. Every Fortune 500 CEO has a coach. Why? Because we're the player on the field and we can't see us on the field. We can only see the field. Okay. So um, anyway, that's a lot of people get stuck because they don't decide to do that vulnerable act of getting somebody else's opinion on us. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like playing the game. Mm-hmm. We just want to keep struggling to play the game and keep settling for crappy results and aren't willing to take a step out. And so... Lots of people will just keep doing the same thing. You know, the old Einstein quote, like, to do the same thing over and over again and wanting a new result, the whole, his definition of insanity. And so people usually feel really ashamed of what's going wrong in their life, so much so that they'd rather live with that shame than actually go intervene in the shame and, you know, honestly account for what's happening. And then second, reaching out for being clear about the kind of help they need, the kind of resources they need around them to get them out of this thing. So that's where people get really stuck is, is not having honest voices in their lives. Um, and then we're just not honest with ourselves about what our own capacity is, right? Like I know if I, there's certain things in my business that I don't do very well, right? Like I don't do the formal, anything formal and legal or accounting or that stuff. I don't do that stuff very well. So lots of people spend so much of their time doing what they don't do very well instead of like for me, I've always garnered, um, it's been a commitment for me to really serve people really well in my life. If I was doing it for pay or not for pay. And I got people in my life now that if I need anything because of the way that I've been with them over the years, I could call up a hundred people to help me with something. And it's not a, it's not, I mean, uh, back to the Lone Ranger idea, like most people don't want to ask for help or don't want because it, it seems weakness. But I get the fact that if, at least for me, this might sound egotistical, I'm committed to, if you work with me, you're going to enjoy working with me. If you're volunteering with me, you're going to enjoy being around me. Now, it's not like I'm the coolest, best person in the world. No, that's just what I'm committed. I'm committed to giving life wherever I'm at. So if we're serving or doing something together, if I don't, I have this core belief that your life's going to be better by being with me. Mm-hmm. Now it might sound arrogant or whatever, but it's for me, it's just a commitment. Mm-hmm. And that, because that's just the way I stand in the world. And of course I blow it on certain days and that all that to say, if I need something, I'm really quick to ask somebody for help because I get that, you know, they're going to help me and I'm going to help them whatever, in whatever ways I can help them. Right. So that's another way people get really stuck is they get stuck in this like trans, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, transactional way of relating to people like oh if i ask them for help and they're gonna they're gonna expect something of me and then i gotta pay them back and that's just a very scarce way of seeing the world that like it's a zero-sum game people talk about there's only x amount of time and energy um versus the more abundant way of seeing the world in quotes of oh i can just be extremely generous and ask this person for help as a way to invite them into something that's really important yeah yeah you know, so um, that's another pitfall is I think people see relationships very transactional instead of seeing them from like a serving each other um, framework. Um, people don't really don't get clear uh, about what they want. Um, 
It's no surprise to me that once you get somebody talking about what future they're committed to go creating, that there's lots of silence on the call um, because they don't get the fact that I just read that silly quote today, like the best way to predict the future is to go create it. Um, maybe it's not so silly. Um, no, I mean, look, there is a very well-established school of thought that says the best predictor of future behavior is the past. That's right. You know, that's right. That's exactly right. Um, and that's why like in my work, like it's pretty jarring for people in the first call, but I always say this, like, I'm not interested in where you came from. And, you know, that, that hits them weird, like that I won't really understand them or won't get them, quote unquote, you don't understand me. But most of us tell really self-sabotaging stories about our past. Mm-hmm. Either we either we rest on the previous successes mm-hmm. um, and have this entitled mentality right now because of where we were. And, oh, if you knew how great I was then, then you wouldn't be treating me like this now. Or we beat ourselves up so poorly about what happened so that we just continue to hamstring ourselves in this moment. We're always being haunted. I always call it, just call it the haunting. Or we're haunted by all our past failures. So most of us, we don't relate to our past in a very neutral way for sure. Yeah. And it's just, oh, that's what happened. Oh, yeah. I did that, all right. I Yeah, I broke her heart or I cheated there or whatever the thing was. And that all, I mean... We always do. We always act in accordance the way the world's occurring. So we don't need to make up what was right or what was wrong about back then. It made sense to us. That's why we did it. I understand why 17-year-old Adrian made those choices now. I don't need to feel bad about it. It's in the past. So, I mean, to your point, if um, and connecting into the point before, like if, if people don't get hyper clear and committed to their future because they got all these stories about their past that... Uh, hamstring yeah. yeah so that's a big that's a big you know place of like chosen suffering for people instead of the type of suffering that is possible if we're actually actually risking and putting ourselves out there where we might actually fail and we need to pull ourselves back up and move forward yeah. um so those are a few things that, yeah. things that come to no, mind yeah yeah no it's good so a, a very similar question on the other side of the same coin just at like a thirty thousand foot level like what are you know the three most crucial things that that someone can do who wants to start something new mm-hmm. uh, wants to get their idea off the ground wants to to pursue that that thing that you know maybe they've just never had the 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 clarity or um, the gumption to to go and do it what what are those th- the three things that are most vital to help somebody get started yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll answer like in what would I do language. Like if I was going to start something, um, first thing I would do is get really clear about what my interests are. And um, what I mean is like, what, why am I in this game? Like if I want to start this thing and I call it a game just because I think life's really a game, like, you know, the whole thing. Like, um, and at least I get a lot of openness from that when I believe, oh, this is like a freaking video game I'm playing and I get to make all these choices. Right. So if I just get clear about why am I playing this game, like whatever my new endeavor is, endeavor is like, why do this for me? Get really crystal clear about what that is. Like, is, is it like what I want my lifestyle to be like or what friendship circles do I want to be in or what I want to learn about or whatever those things. Get your interests really lined up. Why even play this game? Mm-hmm. Um, start there just so you know if you really want to get in maybe at the end of that you don't have enough clarity where it's like oh this isn't clear for me well then get out mm-hmm. right but if well, if you do that step and then say yes this is actually really what I want for my life like really this is what I really want or you might have to tweak your idea some some people start stuff 
not accounting for what the results of that thing will be. And so they end up feeling like victims of the thing they started, right? So anyway, so get really clear, crystal clear about what those are. Then the second step I would is get a really trusted friend and confess that. <laughs> or in my work, I say declare that. Like, here's yeah. what I want, right? Yeah. Here's what I want. And just pick a trusted friend first because we need somebody because it's a vulnerable sport to get out there and start something new. So you're going to have to get some people in your corner. So I'd go find at least one trusted friend and say, hey, can I take you to coffee? And all I want you to do is sit there and listen. But I need to practice talking about this thing, yeah. right? So get your interests lined out. And then I would get really crystal clear on what a vision is, right? For what the thing is. So what, what are your interests in? What's the purpose of this thing? Like, why am I doing this thing? Like, why does the world need this? Why does my circle of influence need this? If it's a product or if it's a service, like I'm in the service industry, like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Like for me, I help people come fully alive. Like that's why I do what I do. And I'm in search for life all the time. Um, that's clear for me. And so that's what I'm searching for in every conversation. So I'd get really clear about interest, really clear about what the purpose is and like the vision statement or mission statement, whatever you want to say. Then I'd get really clear about the results I want to create, you know, in a certain amount of time, right? So some people love doing like a 10 year business plan, five year. I don't do that. I don't have any of my clients do that because we're just making that stuff up anyway. That's fine. If it's helpful for you, great, do it. I'm much more I want it short term. I want to say, great, in the next three months, like if it's if today's March 1st, April, May, June, by June 1st, um, what will I have created in this business? And get clear by June 1st. This is what I'm going to see. This is the results that I can touch and feel. Not like I'm going to have worked really hard. That doesn't mean anything. No, like my product will be here. My service will be here. My website, whatever the thing is, get that crystal clear. Because uh, then the game's on, right? Then you've got some results that you say you're going to go create. So any, there's no real room for excuses in between where you are right now, current reality, and what that committed vision is. Because it's not about um, what's going to go wrong in between. It's actually about how am I going to overcome the obstacles. Because if that's what you're committed to, now it's it just it flips the question. Because then your circumstances, it doesn't matter. Then I mean, bring it on. The, have it be a challenging economy. Have whatever's happening in my personal life, whatever, like if I'm committed to something, um, then you're just approaching it very differently. So I would do that. And then I would just get moving, like start making some choices, start throw yourself out there. I mean, people spend so much time in the preparatory, which is why I'm not a big fan of business plans. I mean, business plans can be a really great tool. People can hide in them for years because they want to create this perfect plan, which nothing ruins a plan like current reality. Right? It's going to be bunk anyway. As soon as you get started, the, the, so many things will be off. Right, In my work, I talk about intention versus mechanism. Mm-hmm. And I try to convince all my clients like, like this way. So intention plus mechanism equals results. That's what I say. Right, You don't have to believe it. But that, that's what I assert, that intention plus mechanism equals results. What and why you're after what you're after, how you're going to get it done, that's mechanism. And then that equals your results, right? I'll always talk to a new client. Great. What percentage do you think it's intention? What percentage do you think it's mechanism? And everybody's, ah, 50-50 or it's 10% inspiration, 90% perspiration, you know, all these things. Um, And I try to convince them that it's 100% intention. And here's why. Is that I know if I'm crystal clear about what I'm committed to and I'm going to do whatever it takes, then it doesn't matter. There's a million hows to get my thing done. But if we hang our hat on some specific how, which is typically a business plan, mm-hmm. if something in my world goes against that, now 
We give up. We're stuck. We're stifled. We're in reverse mode. Now we got to go back to the drawing board again. And we were wrong. And, but if I bake that in and say, no, 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 this is about my commitment and the commitment of my team, then whatever comes up, great. We're going to overcome it. And if, if, and then I just have to make a new choice. This didn't work. Oh, look at that. Ha, didn't work. No new choice. Oh man, we blew that. Oh, great. New choice, new choice, new choice. Cause all it'll, it'll come out of that really crystal clear intention. You know, so if you get really clear about who you're committed to being in the process, um, we could talk about that for 10 hours, but who I'm committed to being in the process, then my actions will flow out of that naturally. And then my results will flow out of the, the decisions that I'm making. Most people don't do that. Most people decide what to go do and then get some results out of it and then say, oh, now I'm an entrepreneur or now I'm successful or now I'm, I finally arrived. And that's just a more limited way of seeing the world versus really getting clear as an entrepreneur or person is going to start something, who and what I'm committed to. And then out of that flows my actions. And so my identity, most people that, another reason how people are stuck is that they really wrap their identity into the success of the thing versus letting the, the, letting the thing come out of their committed identity. You know what I mean? So we end up, we end up really serving uh, at the will of, this project instead of this project flowing out of who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's just much more freedom there for me. Yeah. So therefore we can risk more. Therefore we can be vulnerable. Therefore we can flop and make a mistake and you know, own it. And yep, I totally messed that up. Even one of my clients today on the phone, she's like, are you getting my emails? And I, and she sent me a couple emails I didn't respond to. I, you know, in the moment I read them, it wasn't like, I didn't think that, but I, I was hearing from her. It's like, Oh, that lands is me not caring. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you for telling me that. I'm gonna, I'll definitely respond to every email. It wasn't even registering. Sure. I'm like, oh, frick, I blew it, right? Yeah. And it was a big call. Like, we'd been working together for six months. And today's the day she decides, is she going to do it another for another six months? And uh, so I was all scared in that moment. Am I going to blow this thing? I got to, but, you know, but there's the willingness to own it. Because I know, hey, I can blow it. And uh, so I do those things. I get really crystal clear about what, what my interests and what my results are. I pull somebody in and just be vulnerable in the process because starting anything is going to be an extremely vulnerable process. And if you can't talk to your best friend about it, you're never going to talk to a potential client about it and practice talking about it lots of different ways and then get moving. And then, you know, for me, I'm an information sponge. So I'll just, try, I mean, even like Seth Godin, uh, he doesn't know me at all, <laughs> but you know, he's mentoring me. Yeah. Right. And so he's mentoring a lot of us. Yeah. I mean, from, I'd listen to his podcast called mm -hmm. startup school. I'd listen, I've listened to that through like five times. I keep listening to it, even though I could probably recite it, but I just want to keep in, in the mentality that he has around himself and his work. So with that, I, you being an input guy, is, is there any other resources that you would recommend that have been really helpful for you or, or transformational uh, that you can uh, tell others about? I, I uh, mentioned one earlier, Three Laws of Performance. Uh, if you're going to start something and care about your culture, I'd read that book. Um, I have most of my clients read a book called Leadership and Self-Deception. Um, that's a really powerful book put out by the Arbinger Institute. They put out a lot of the great books too, but that book's really awesome. Um, Leadership and Self-Deception. Anything by a gal named Susan Scott, I've ingested a lot. She wrote Fierce Conversations and Fierce Leadership. Um, those are great books. Um, I'd work through those. I'd read anything that Seth Godin writes. Um, 
Those are the ones that come to mind cool. first. Uh, Zero to One is a book I'm reading by, by Peter Thiel right now. It's about technology. Um, Zero to One, like that's like when we invent something. Mm-hmm. It's got it's got um, correlations in all different sides of our lives. Um, Creativity Inc. is a great book by Ed Catmull. Um, he talks about these mental models in that book, about certain types of thinking that created success for them. That was even more important than who they had in the room or, or you know, having a great product. But certain types of thinking about our work opens up the possibilities for these amazing products. Yeah. And really illuminating some of that, the invisible. Um, so those are the first things that come to mind. Cool. Um, so be feeding your mind or just be listening to people that are different than you. Um, find some mentors in your, that have been doing your work, whatever it is. If you're a musician, yeah. find find some find five people that you'd like and just google them and find out who just listen to them talk about their approach awesome man well those are great suggestions um you'll be able to find a list of those things that adrian just mentioned on our show notes page and for all the different ways to connect with adrian you'll be able to find that on our show notes as well so we encourage you to visit uh the show notes at the changeelement.com and you'll see a link there for the podcast where you'll be able to find this and all the other episodes that we have done at the Change Element Podcast Show. Hey, so that is the conclusion of the interview that I had conducted with Adrian Kaler uh, several months ago. And like I promised, just packed with so much insight, so many great things to take away. Uh, really, if, if there was a main message in, in this half of the interview, it really is about the importance of clarity. Getting clear on what it is you want to achieve and then declaring that to someone. Uh, finding that mentor, seeking them out. Those are all some things that we talked about today that I know are, are really helpful for all of us. Now remember, this is the second half of the interview that we did with Adrian. If you have not listened to the first half, I really encourage you to go do that. Um, Go back to iTunes or your podcast player or go to thechangeelement.com and find the link there for the podcast to see the first half of this interview, which we entitled The Entrepreneur's Dilemma. It is is awesome. Uh, Also just packed with a ton of great insight. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, as always, uh, you know our goal here is to help ignite you to transform humanity, and and I hope that you were inspired today. Uh, I hope that you also learned some things uh, that you know that you can start doing a little bit differently that really help uh, get your ideas started or help you move forward towards your ultimate goals. Until next time, I'm Tim. You guys have a great day. Yeah.